Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hunt, Fish, Eat podcast. This is the second half of the episode that we started last week with Ronnie and Larry. So I hope you enjoy it. Again, I'm in West Virginia, uh, hunting squirrels and um, raccoons and bears. So it was a great trip, and I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. We talked about a lot of things, other things hunting-related, hunting industry, whether you should hunt over bait. It was kind of a hot topic. So I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, make sure you go ch- check out my sponsors, Walton's Inc., that's waltonsinc.com. They have everything but the meat, grinders, slicers, stuffers, spices, casings, everything you can think of to process your game. I love them, and they make some really, really good products. So make sure you check them out, waltonsinc.com. Also, check out Clay Shooting Apparel. Uh, Jim and the guys over there are making some awesome hats and shirts, and they just make some really cool stuff. So make sure you check them out, clayshootingapparel.com. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, now how much time you got, Ronnie? Oh, I'm, you got time? I'm good. I don't have to be to work until Monday and this is okay. just Thursday night. <laughs> okay. Not kind of, I'm about to throw a grenade in here and ask a question. Oh um, boy. Now we talked a little bit about this at lunch and kind of, let me preface here. So, um, I'll just kind of state the question. I'll say a couple things and we'll open up to the floor. So I got asked a couple weeks ago on Facebook, um, what I thought about baiting for deer. And and I'm I'm talking about in states. Hey, you can I gotta win. run. Uh, <laughs> my look at the time. Oh man! So, um, and what? And I'm talking about states where you can legally hunt for bear, uh, hunt or uh, bait for deer. Sorry. Yep. Um, and so what the the question was? Why well, I don't think it's ethical, you know, to put a corn pile out or however you choose to bait for deer. And um, my response, in short, was first off. You know, putting bait out for deer is not a lever that you pull and deer show up, right? Um, you know, there's a lot more to it, especially if you're not using a feeder on a timer or something. If you put a pile of corn on the ground, that deer's going to come in the middle of the night and eat that corn. Possibly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to come out in the day and do that. And and I don't know if you guys know this, it's not legal to shoot deer at night. So, you got to shoot them in the day. I the thought other, that was just more of a guideline. I, well, I'd rule? have to ask you, Larry. <laughs> you have to tell me if that was a Okay, I'm kidding. Um, now, and then the other thing about this is, so if you start to go down the road of what's ethical, what's or what I think is ethical, what I think is right, or, you know, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't use sense, you know, or, you know, you shouldn't use game cameras that have, that have cellular ability to send you pictures of your deer right you know it's like if you think baiting's unethical because it gives you an unfair advantage we're talking about hunting with a rifle right you know the deer doesn't have much of a much of a shot there um but and so we kind of talked about this at lunch a little bit but um i'll let you go first ronnie what are your thoughts on on baiting well i'm old school and i i will admit that in the past that i did maybe put out some sweet feed on on some private land or this or that. Yep. Uh, I will admit that back when I was doing that, I had boys that was growing up uh-huh. and wanted to increase their chances of success yep. on scoring a deer. Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandchildren, when they're coming up, I would likely do that again. Yep. As for me... Just like starting in small game hunting without dogs, slipping through the woods and finding the squirrels and, you know, being quiet and this and that and other. That's the way that I like to deer hunt is to uh, 
go in an area on public land and find which way the wind's blowing and hunt into it with the wind in my face yep. uh, to go a quarter of a mile may take me an hour and a half. A step or two, stop, look, listen, this and that. I find a good rock to sit behind, not a blind, not some kind of prefab building. Find a good rock to sit behind or a good oak tree that's nice and wide or a deadfall. Then I will sit down there for a little bit and watch and listen and see what comes in. Uh, through that, I mean, I think for the guys that probably – don't have the time to get out or don't want to put the effort in, into getting out and or the type of effort that I do through that, then, you know, the baiting, as Daniel said, isn't just a thing up upon the lever. I mean, you're actually, those guys are out looking for the spots or looking for the deer trails or looking for the best advantage that they can get. And they spend a lot of time making sure their feeders are full or taking a pile of corn out feeding it. And you know, when they do that, they're going to have coons in their feed and they're going to yeah. have bears in feeding. I see them fussing about the bear all the time, this and that. But the fact is, I mean, if I walk through my house and my wife's got a pecan pie on the counter, Tempting me, I'm gonna eat that pecan pie. That's the truth. That's right. the truth, right? Well, so the bears live in the woods. We're yeah. we're encroaching in their territory. Well, let me kind of make a clarification there. So in the state of West Virginia, you can bait for deer on private land. Correct. You cannot bait for bear in the state of West Virginia. Correct. So that's I, I want to mention why that why that makes sense. So. Right. And you can't bait for turkeys. Correct. Yep. Right. But and so what I always say is, you know, if those turkeys are in there eating that deer feed. That's not fair to the deer. So you got to shoot those turkeys. But Right, right. Some of them say they put the corn out for the squirrels. That's a joke. But Right. But, you know, so if you do feed, then you've got to realize that you're going to deal with the squirrels and the yep. coons and the turkeys and the bear coming in and getting your feed. Yep. And it really irks me to see people complaining about that when they approach in the wildlife's area and they put a pecan pie down and get mad because somebody eats it. Yep. Okay, but no, I can see where some of them feed. Uh, it, it's not for me, but I, I don't knock what they do. Yep. They put some of them put as much effort into feeding and being able to pattern the deer and all that way as I put in getting to know the lay of the land and getting to know uh, the travel pattern and getting back in public line and finding scrape lines and finding rub lines. Yep. And 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 also just that it's just different priorities, different ways that people want to hunt. I choose to spend my time and effort doing what I call the old school way. Yeah. And then other people spend their money, hard earned mm-hmm. money that they worked for, money that they've made, yeah. money that they've maybe taken away from the grocery t- table to go buy a new blind uh-huh. and to go buy a new feeder because the bear tore up their old feeder, yep. this and that. And they've went and they've spent the time to take the ladders and put the cables up in the tree and suspend the feeder 10 foot off the ground between two trees and put 10 around the tree so the bear can't climb the tree to get across <laughs> the cable. They yep. spend a lot of time and effort with it. So, and that's how they choose to hunt. As for me, I don't choose to set in a blind for six days solid and watch a corn pile. Yeah. Through that, uh, I want to get out and move and slip through the woods. And, you know, even on uh, windy days, rainy days, I've killed bucks laying in their bed mm-hmm. that never knew I was there because yeah. I was able to slip into their bedding area and, and catch them. It's just different ways that people hunt. I'm not knocking the ones that do the feed and yep. this and that, but it's just not for me. Yep. No, no I think that's a great answer, Ronnie. Now, uh, I may be opening a can of worms here, but Larry? Mm. 
What are you thinking? I don't have any opinion whatsoever. <laughs> I do not believe that a bit. You, you would be. You know, I've talked about this before. Yeah. Not that it matters. I've written more than one column mm-hmm. about baiting and other things. We're, we're all over the board on this as hunters. Yep. And one thing. A few years ago, it dawned on me. A lot depends on where we're from and how we hunted in the past. We're very big on what dad said, grandpa, uncle Bill that took me hunting, you know, whoever, kind of who our mentors were. As hunters, and I may be getting off of baiting here, as hunters, we seem like we hold on to what those people said. I, I mean, like gospel. For, it, it's forever. Yep. Uncle Bill always said on the third, on the Thursday uh, of the first week of buck season, a big buck will always come through this saddle right here. Now, whether it was right or wrong, and here's a shocker for you, he was often wrong. <laughs> Uncle Bill said it. If you get my meaning, we hold on to those things. And if Uncle Bill or Dad or whoever said it's absolutely terrible to put out corn or apples or something, we didn't do it. But some people said it was okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been legal. Now, we're talking about West Virginia. Mm -hmm. It was legal forever on on public or private property to throw out corn for deer. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's kind of a recent thing in recent years. It's been made, it's been prohibited on public land. Mm -hmm. Now, I go back a little bit. I don't know if you'd agree with this, and I don't care. Um, The TV thing got us more into that because we saw the big boys on the Outdoor Channel who have a chance to kill bucks on managed land that most of us will probably never be able to get on. Mm -hmm. But we were duplicating that as much as we could. Yeah. And are we going to see more deer if we put out bait? Yes, we Mm -hmm. are. Okay. It's just a fact of life. And it's become so prevalent in a lot of hunting areas and running. Everybody knows this. If you have a thing like, I got this leased here, and the next 126 acres or whatever this other bunch has, and somebody else owns this, and they hunt this, they'll people will say, well, I have to put bait out. Mm-hmm. I have to have feeders with corn running because everybody around me is doing it. And if I don't do it, I'm never going to see a thing. And they're kind of right. Yeah. Okay? Personally... If it's legal, my opinion, I say, if it's legal and you want to do it, do it. And don't slam the guy that does it. If it is legal, I'm saying, because, you know, I've been preaching about a thing about hunter unity, Mm -hmm. and we are in dire need of it. We as hunters argue and pick about the most inane things in my opinion if baiting's legal my opinion mm-hmm. and you don't want to do it don't do it yep. but don't slam the guy that is doing it mm-hmm. 
in this country, I think people bait. They see a lot of does. The does come in during the rut. Is that going to have some bucks around? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I believe that. But we all know the big bucks. It is rare that we see them on the bait in daylight. Yeah, I mean that's just SOP, right? Mm-hmm. So, don't know if that answered your question. No. Um, Yes, bear and turkeys come into it, Mm -hmm. and yes, there are bear and turkeys killed over it, but, you know, that's um, that's just the price of doing business, I guess. You know, and... um... I think, you know, my, my opinion on this is I'm very similar to you guys where it's, you know, and I have a friend that <clears throat> said this phrase that made a lot of sense to me. Shout out to my, my buddy, Jessica Baines. Hunt your own hunt mm-hmm. is what she said. So, yep. and I think like you said, for hunter unity, I'm not for or against baiting. You know, like I said, I'm, if it's legal and you want to bait, bait. If it's illegal, I would suggest not baiting. Um, You know, and if it's legal and you don't want to bait, then don't bait, you know. Um, and, and, you know, my biggest thing is, you know, do what makes you happier, what fulfills you in, in hunting, you know, and, and if, if you want to kill deer and you want to kill does, a bait's a good way to do it. You know, if, if you don't feel that way, that's okay. And, you know, you made a good point, Larry, about what you grow up doing, you mm-hmm. know, and we were talking about this last night. So my wife's from St. Louis, Missouri, you know, we're here in West Virginia. I'm from Kansas city. And I told her, come out here, West Virginia. I said, they don't let you bait bears here yeah they think it's unethical i said but the way they hunt bears here is they get hounds out they chase the bears up the tree and you shoot them out of the tree yeah and she goes well that doesn't sound very ethical to me you know yes. it's it's the way that it's been done here for, for centuries and Forever. so you know like up in alberta canada and some of the the western parts they bait bears that's how you hunt bears it's a way of life it is a way of life and um you know, it's in those guys. If you told them, "Hey, let's run our hounds to, to get these bears up the trees," they look at you like you have three heads, man. Exactly. You know, and so I think, um, you know, like I, said, I think it's a lot what you're raised with, and and kind of like we were talking about with squirrel dog and why people should get out in the squirrel woods is we need more hunters. You know, and, and I would hate for a guy that just likes to get some meat has a couple days to hunt a year to go, man, I'm not going to fool the same war because everybody hates me because I bait. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just that'd break my heart man you know it's if that's what you want to do do it you know and it's legal um but man that we need to get more hunters out and i I think we need to do everything we can to not discourage them getting out there i think we would kill i'm not a biologist Uh uh-huh i think we would kill a lot less deer if we had what we have currently i i i almost guarantee you we would kill less deer most of the time, by mean if we couldn't bait, if we, I'm sorry, if we could not bait, mm-hmm. okay, and most of the time your state agency, most of the time a white-tailed deer in the southeast, we're trying to kill more. I know yep. in West Virginia, the department, right, wrong, whether you believe them or agree with them, but they want to kill more does, okay. I'm gonna stick my neck out and say we couldn't do that if. People weren't hunting around mm-hmm. feeders, okay? Now, I, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I just think it's the way it is. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to be said about baiting. And it, uh, you know, 
I think it's like bluegrass music. You either love it or you hate it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and hunters are not going to be swayed to one side or the other. You know, yeah. I'm on this side because that's what Uncle Bill said and that's where I'm staying. Mm-hmm. And I, that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably more controversial than I should be. And I get some slack over, you know, I like to hunt old schoolness and that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, recently I posted a picture on a Facebook site of a gigantic deer that a hunter had killed here in Monroe County. Uh-huh. And, uh, got a lot of flack about it because this deer was killed on a, uh, farm. Mm-hmm. And the farm contains several hundred acres, but it does have a high fence around it. Okay. And people are saying, oh, that's going on on a farm and killing a deer and this and that. And, you know, everything completely controlled and this and that. And I fail to see a lot of difference in, you know, if you own the private land and you can keep all the other hunters off of it. Yeah. And you can shut your shelter, your cams up. And you can put your permanent blinds up, and you can put your feeders up, and you can put your food plots up, and this and that. Are you not controlling the deer, too? Yeah. And now this individual, I don't know the man, don't know anything about him, but in my mind, say, you know, this guy's working hard on his career, trying to make what money he can make, trying to support his family, this and that, and he doesn't have the time to go to public land mm-hmm. and pattern and scout and this and that and that and this, or he doesn't have ability to get on a lease that somebody's got to grow on this private land that you've got, that you've got your yeah. blinds and you've got your feeders on and you're not letting anybody else on hunt. Yeah. And if he wants to kill a deer to hang on his wall, mm-hmm. his options are very limited. Yeah. Okay. Now he's worked a lot. He's committed. He's working six, seven days a week, 12 mm-hmm. hours a day, Yeah, this and that. He can finally squeeze in a day that he's going to get to go hunt. He wants a chance to score. His best possibility of success at a world-class deer, mm-hmm. given his thing, whether he is, he's got sick family that he's got to be at the house for all the time, yeah. and he can get somebody to come in one day and stay with them or whatever, his best chance of killing a world-class deer is paying, I don't care whether it's $5,000 or $15,000, yep. paying the money, going down there, in killing this deer. Yep. All right. I'll guarantee you when he killed that deer, he was smiling just as big as the kid that was in the blind and killed his first four point. Yeah. Or these guys that kill a 170 class buck out of the permanent blind at their feeder that they've been watching on the cell cam. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't hunt high fence. I have no reason to want to hunt high fence. If I want to sweep stakes and they said, you've won this, you can come down this high fence and you can hunt. I don't want to do that. I yeah. would turn it down. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to knock the guy, yeah. not knowing his story, that, you know, possibly that was his only option mm-hmm. for getting a world-class buck was paying his hard-earned money and going down there and making that happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are those are good points. And, again, yeah, uh, what did you say? Hunt your own hunt? Hunt your own hunt, man. Uh, who am I to say or tell that man not to do that? Yeah. Uh, you know? Uh, you know, and it's um, it goes back. What do you want to do? You know, what, what makes you happy? Uh, like you said, it's not like he's stealing the deer from somebody's yard and shooting it. You know, he, he's it's legal. He's paying uh, you know them for the access to that, and 
and all that. And it's like, man, if it's legal, hunt your own hunt. And, you know, and I, I think some of it, some of the animosity that people like that, that do something like that get, and I may be reading too much into this, but the guys that really hate or mad at them is because they couldn't afford to do it, you know, and, or to them, it's like, it's easier to go, well, that guy's bad because it makes me look good. That I don't do that, you know? You mean the green-headed monster rears its head? Right. Exactly. Jealousy. Jealousy comes Jealousy. in. Jealousy. Man. So, I can tell you right now, yeah. my brother, mm-hmm. on this podcast, if anybody listens to you, do they? I think one or two. I, I think you got more than one or two. Yeah. As soon as you bring up this subject, what we've been talking about, yeah, I'm like, Ronnie, when we say high fence... Some people, their head spins around in a circle. You're, you're going to get static about it, okay? I'll really blow your mind. I'm, I'm like Ronnie. I'm not going to hunt high fence. Yep. I just, I, I just don't want to. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't turn my crank, but I don't care if it turns yours. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm with you. But I'll throw you another grenade. Is all high fence alike? No, no. it's not. Nope. If there's a place where they got 27 acres and you can see everything when you drive in and it's like a cow sitting out there, there are places where I dare say, like you're talking about several hundred acres, the stuff that's running around out there in the middle is wild. Yep. Some people, they're going to bite their bowstring in two when they hear that. Okay. But I mean, I'm, I think I've seen some of those places. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, and you look at uh, the state of Texas, you know, 96% of that is privately owned. Yep. You know, and it's kind of the same thing where, hey, if my neighbor baits, I got a bait kind of idea. Down there, you know, a lot of guys have exotics down there. You know, so I think about if you're buying, you know, elk or nil guy or, um, you know, access to or something, you kind of want to keep them on there, you know, and you may have a couple thousand acre property or a couple hundred acre property, but high fence up. You know, so you can mm-hmm. keep the deer on your property and or whatever on your property, that's legal, and people don't bat an eye at that most of the time. Yep, you're down in Texas, but um, and like I said, and I'm not trying. I'm going to get a lot of hate from this this one, but <laughs> hopefully, you know, if we're over an hour in the episode, people aren't listening anymore. Um, it's all good. But, but we love you, Dan. Oh, thank you. That's very yes. really nice, man. But you know, it's uh to me, it's kind of an exercise and you know, thinking like what's uh. How do you view hunting? You know, why do you, why do you hunt? What's the ethics of it? What's your opinion? You know, uh, after today being with you guys in the woods all day, I'm beginning to question why I'm out there. <laughs> just to be honest with you, okay. Oh, it was a it was a good day. It was a long day, but um, we're getting back after it tomorrow, aren't we? Uh, if we can get out of bed in the morning, I Man. guess we are. You know, you told me, hey, we got to get up in the morning. We can't sleep in tomorrow. We're going to hunt bears. Well, which you know? is what we were both thinking about while we're out there stumbling around in the <laughs> raccoon woods with Ronnie and Earl. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy, would it be nice to sleep in in the morning. Probably like Mr. Snediger's going to do. I'll be up before you guys are. Oh. Okay, he I hate to say it, but he's right. Uh, if he'd come over and cook us breakfast, Ronnie, that'd be real, real nice. <laughs> yeah, y'all wait until I get here. <laughs> I'd likely be back in the squirrel woods in the morning. Oh, man. But, I, hey, if you can hear that, 
I'm going to have to refill my shell container. Yeah. Daniel <laughs> has uh, about drained uh, my shell container <laughs> container shooting at squirrels today. He did coons, man. actually use some shells and killed some squirrels. I did. But then there were several shells that went, I don't know where they went to. They didn't the one connect in the squirrel. I will admit one mitigating factor. I did slip at one point, and we determined the scope was off, correct? After my slippage. Um, I shot at a squirrel, missed, <laughs> and I handed you the gun, and you missed. <laughs> and then we sighted it in. It was about 10, 10 inches off, so I feel a lot better about that. Um, I did kill that squirrel still uh, with a 20 gauge. Um, hey, but- I get this. He left where we was at, went to the truck, yep. got more shells, got another, another shotgun, shotgun. Right, and come back where well, we was and Michaela, killed that squirrel. Because Michaela was out of shells for her shotgun. <laughs> yeah, we had Michaela Scott with us. I give her a whole bag full that held almost a I, full box of shells. And when that squirrel's in the tree, Michaela looked at me with the saddest eyes, <laughs> holding her CZ USA 10-12 shotgun in her hand. She says, I'm out of shells. <laughs> well, and as you guys are deciding this, I'm, I'm not waiting around. I'm going to get another gun. I'm going to shoot that. I, I've, I'm been shoot that on a, I've been on a couple squirrel hunts in my life. I don't think I've ever seen that done. <laughs> Where somebody left, they just didn't go back well, to the truck. Maybe I've seen you go by, oh, man, i got to get some more ammo. And somebody runs back <laughs> to the truck. But to go get more ammo and another gun? Well, Larry, you know, I was done missing with Whatever it takes, I, I guess. Yeah, you know? I I wanted to kill stuff, man. You know? <laughs> well, you did. I did. I did. So You said he wanted to kill stuff. Hey, at nine, Larry's like, hey, guys, we got to skin these. <laughs> Let's go to the truck. He's like, put the dogs on the lead strap. We're done. Oh, no. Daniel's like, no, no. no. So... Two squirrels later, we finally at the truck, yep. so we quit. But no, we did. We missed 400, 500 yards of good woods today yep. because Thank Larry you. Case said, stop, I, I, stop I, I, now. I was trying to rein you back into reality. Were, it, was, it was good, <laughs> you know, and I will admit, um, after cleaning those squirrels, statement, that was a chore. You know, and I think the what I, they got cold. So the skinning was very difficult, um, and I didn't I didn't catch Larry. Got close a couple times. I'm, I'm still amazed about that, and <laughs> I'm, I'm very too. grateful. <laughs> I, I am too. But uh, <laughs> I gave him my outdoor edge. Oh man! Replaceable blade knife. Here's my speech. I I want to know. I want to learn desperately how to correctly sharpen a knife. I bet Ronnie Snedeker can do it. I can't. Yep. I cannot sharpen a knife to my satisfaction. But when I replace the blade on that outdoor edge knife, brother, it's sharp. Yeah. And you better be careful. But if you need a sharp knife, <laughs> you got it. You know, I use a Havilon Peranta, which is kind of the same yep. style, yep. Um, interchangeable blade knives. And those, it's a game changer, man. It takes me about one to break down a deer. Yep. And it's like three bucks. So... And I'm saying with you, Larry, I, I can't sharpen a knife well enough to. And I, I have some kitchen knives I can hone up, you know, pretty good to, to break down animals. But what we were doing today, it's just so much easier, nicer to change out those blades, mm-hmm. you know, and have a razor, razor sharp knife. Mm-hmm. So.
Okay, so we'll get back to the episode in just a second, but I want to talk um, briefly about my sponsor, Walton's Inc. Um, like I said earlier in the at the beginning of the episode, they make a lot of cool stuff, make a lot of great stuff, everything but the meat. Um, they sell seasonings, cures, um, equipment, grinders, sous vide, you know, a lot of crazy stuff, um, dehydrators, slicers, everything. And what I love about Walton's is it's all quality equipment. So I can send my friends there and they buy good stuff and I know it's going to work. I know there's not going to be a problem with it. And um, I personally know I can take this stuff on trips with me. I can cook with it. I can do everything with it and I'm not going to have issues. And that's, that's a big deal to me. You know, if I'm going to buy a grinder or buy, you know, a slicer to make sure it works and all Walton stuff is great. Also, um, you know, guys know I love to cook obviously, and they kind of take a lot of the, the hassle or the tough part out of um, spice mixes. They make a ton of spice mixes from you know, jerky seasonings to, like I said, cures. You guys know how much I love hams. Um, they make a lot of good options, you know, baking cures. They make spice mixes for fajitas, everything. And what I love about it is you can just pop open that package, throw it in with the meat or whatever you're cooking, and you're good to go. Make sure you check out Walton's Inc. at waltonsinc.com. They're also on Facebook, Instagram, Walton's Inc. Make sure you check them out. Okay, let's get back to it. I'm going to back up here just a minute. Yeah. All right. Larry, uh, I tried to rein Daniel and Michaela in from killing squirrels. They was killing squirrel after squirrel. The dogs was going hard. They was trained. They was shooting and killing. There wasn't no stopping them through that. And we finally got them reeled in. Michaela ran out of shells and Daniel knocked the scope loose on the gun and this and that. So anyway. I think he did it on purpose. And he said he learned his lesson while he is skinning squirrels. Now. We go on coon hunting. We get into coons. Michaela Scott has never killed a coon with a rifle over dogs. This and that. I mean, she's trapped some through that and other. So anyway, she kills this coon. And we're like, we'll just go on to the truck. Well, then there's another coon. I'm like, y'all want to go on the truck? No, Danielson, let's go kill it. Well, so we go up over the hill. And he commences to trying to kill this coon, and he shoots several times. He really does. How? That's now, where now that, that one fell out of the tree. <laughs> that that one fell out of the tree dead. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, eventually. eventually. Well, then he sees there's another coon in the tree. So he's shooting it. Look, he said he'd learn his lesson when he was skinning those squirrels. He ain't done killing. You Believe don't, me, you don't if, think if there's, something with, there's something with fur on it, <laughs> and it's climbing around that tree, Daniel Holder... Is going to keep firing I, ammo yeah, at him until he either runs out of ammo or it hits the ground. <laughs> That's correct. Um, the gun went click at the end there. I ran out of ammo. Um, I did learn my lesson. So check this out. Who's skinning those squir- Who's skinning those coons? That's right. Michaela Scott's going That's to skin right. the coons. That's right. So I kind of learned my lesson a little bit. Um, but no, I, I like Michaela Scott. I have a personal vendetta against raccoons on behalf of the tur- turkey population because. <laughs> I don't want the, the coons to kill the turkeys. I want to kill the turkey. You know? Um, and coons are the number one predator of turkeys. They kill the eggs, the poults, uh, even hens. So I believe that's borderline selfish. Now, Larry, I don't I don't hunt turkeys in West Virginia yet. I did that on behalf of you and Ronnie. I know you guys like turkeys. And we really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. And I think Daniel learned another lesson today. Uh, coons are heavy. And... Let- <laughs> Larry Case jumped in and helped him a little bit. Daniel Holder decided he was going to kill two coons. So we got the coons to where Daniel was, and 
somebody said, you want me to carry the gun? I'm like, no, I got the gun. This CZ-457 weighs roughly with the scope, roughly seven pounds. All right, I'm yep. going to carry the gun, and it's got a sling on it that goes across my chest. These coons were pretty good-sized coons. <laughs> yeah. And we were still 496 yards. Now, we're not in Kansas anymore, Taylor. No, we, no, we're not. We're in the mountains of West Virginia. And, 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 we're and, the farm country of West Virginia. You call them mountains. we 496. Now, 496 is a flat parallel. And that's we not, not counting. That's not parallel. counting vertical. And down. And down. And, that's not counting that. So, and I think I asked you, Ryan, I said, no. Now, which way? We were standing on the side of the hill. I said, now, which way is the trucks? And you kind of looked at your GPS and you said, I that way. I said, well, of course, it's uphill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it wouldn't would, would make it's sense if we went down to the truck. So. The point, if y'all didn't catch on to it, Ronnie Snedeker was not giving <laughs> that gun up. I mean, when I tried to be nice and say, you want me to carry the gun, I mean, he snatched it away from me. <laughs> and dumb me, it dawns on me, he's carrying the gun. He doesn't have to carry what? One of the raccoons laying on the ground, and folks, they're not light. Now, I, I, I feel, feel very grateful, Larry, and you reminded me of this at one point. You said, now, I wouldn't carry a coon for just anybody, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and that is true, Larry carry. I did hand him the smaller one. I, I think I handed him to I said, I think this one might still be alive, Larry. You carry it. Uh, Ronnie, I well, just didn't want to take us all night to get back to the truck. Actually, <laughs> as much hate as I've seen flow between these two throughout the day, I was totally amazed to see Larry Case carrying one of Daniel Holder's coons. I was figuring I was going to have to give him a dog lead to tie on the coons to drag the coons out like a deer. But Larry Case did. He The 496 yards uphill and downhill, he did carry Daniel Holder's coon to the truck, and Michaela carried her. Michaela had hers dropped around her neck and shoulder and carried it out of the woods. I didn't want Daniel to collapse on us, because how would you like to drug him out of there? It's out of the coon or me. You know, and I think the kid's a little lighter. You, you so. have been still laying out there, buddy. Yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. Guys and girls, if you're not getting this, if you'll take your time and go to the woods, take the kids to the woods. Yeah. Man, it, it, it's a blast. You can't help but have fun. I mean, we was on some steep ground. We was on some muddy ground. We slipped. We fell. We knocked the scope loose on the gun. We <laughs> run out of shells. We had a hard time skinning squirrels. <laughs> Would we do it all over again tomorrow? Absolutely. I'm. I mean, hands down. Uh, you know, I, I was dragging a buddy's deer out earlier this year, helping gut it and everything. And we're dragging it out. I mean, it was a hell of a drag out. Not fun uphill. We do some hills, Missouri. And um, he goes, "I hate this part." And I said, "You know what? I love it all, man. I, I, I love the grind. I love the suck. I love today. I love those squirrels were rough and terrible to skin. And I'm cursing myself and never seeing the squirrel again. But um, I loved it. I do it again tomorrow. And uh, it was a great time today." And I've got to say, uh, Miss Michaela Scott, 17 year old from West Virginia here, uh, her enthusiasm all day long, even on the steep ground and on carrying the coons and this and that, it's just absolutely infectious to be around a young lady that is that involved in hunting and shooting and She's just absolutely, absolutely. just, uh, yeah. j- just an absolute joy to be around today. She, uh, just no matter what you do with Michaela Scott, whether you're going to shoot match or whether you're over at her house shooting skeet or whether you're going squirrel dogging or whatever, she has it, you, 
you can't help but have fun. And I encourage all of you to seek out people in your life like Michaela Scott and add that to your routine and get so much enjoyment out of life or, and what outdoor has to offer. You know, guys like Ronnie Snegger? <laughs> That's close. Okay, I'm getting better. I got to write that down and think about it. Snediger. Snediger. Or guys like Laredo Case over here. Oh, I wouldn't encourage anybody <laughs> to seek out anybody like me. I wouldn't wish that on well, anybody. Well, you know, I think last night, uh, the, the listeners don't know about this, but I came to West Virginia. We don't have service down here at your place. And I forgot to let my wife know I'd arrived. And so she called everybody. Uh, I know she called Ronnie, uh, Michaela, and much people to see if I was alive. Uh, while we were recording, R- Ronnie called Larry, and we ignored his call. And uh, so after we got done, I, I was able to contact my wife, and she thought I was dead. Um, <laughs> but it, it's good. And, and Larry mentioned to my wife that there's a large group of people in the We Hate Larry Case fan club. Yes. Because it's a national organization. He often comes in the middle of the night or early in the morning and drags it, well, their husbands uh, off. Uh, excuse me, correction. It's the wives and girlfriends of hunters that hate Larry Case. I, I Because the national organization, every state has a chapter, but they say I appear and take their husbands and boyfriends away and they don't see him for three days. And uh, They come back smelly and dirty and bloody. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, evidently some women take offense to that. I've, I've never figured it out. But uh, Ronnie, on his last speech here, he gave you some – Really good advice, yep. and and I just I can't. Yeah. What can you say about Michaela Scott? Yeah, I mean I've written about her several times. Her attitude, it is infectious. I've never seen her mad or upset. Um, I, you know, I've seen her you know frustrated or you know, mm. but it's it's hard to explain. It. She's so positive. Yes, and I. It's incredible to me. You know, I remember watching her at SCTP Nationals this year. Another girl uh, that actually shot on the world record team with, with Michaela, Jesse. Um, they were real close a couple days in a row uh, for the, I think it was trap the trap score. Within one or two targets, they're going back and forth. Watching Jesse shoot her last round. So Michaela had already shot around. She can't, you know, her score's in, right? Yeah. She was sitting there cheering Jesse on to beat her. <laughs> I mean, it's like it was the most mind blowing thing to me, and she was excited, ecstatic when Jesse beat yeah. her at one target. Yeah, when it ran up and hugged her, and it's like, it Michaela's awesome, man. And yeah, what uh, what else can you say? She's a constant yeah. amazement to me. Yep, she she just is. We we had a big spring turkey adventure this spring, went on for several days, <laughs> and she just you know she's uh, I, I don't know. I think I described her in one article as she's one of the forces of nature, like the wind and lightning and hurricane. And she's an in when she decides she's going to do something. She does. I mean, look what she did. She built a, a ski n- and n- a trap range. Yeah. And now this isn't just a backyard yeah. deal. This yeah. is Olympic approved. Everything yep. the Olympic shooters come here and shoot, and they're shooting exactly the same targets the same speed the same stations everything that they shoot at any national event she has built this on her family farm 
Yeah. You know, and I was there today. It is regulation uh, using mech machines. Um, I mean, it is. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And and here's the kicker. It's not just, which nobody would have blamed her. It's not just for Michaela to shoot on herself, yep. which would have probably been justified. Mm-hmm. She's a force in shotgun shooting sports now. She is. Okay. And those people have to have a place to practice. Yep. And she shoots a lot. But she did it for a place, kids, young people, really whoever that is interested in shotgun sports, they can come there and shoot and and get a taste of it mm-hmm. and be introduced to it. And it, 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 it's just amazing. It I is, mean, you know... Uh, you know, Michaela start, Scott started an SCTP team, SCTP team yes. here in West Virginia. Yes. It's classic clay target program, the first one in West Virginia. The Mountaineer Clay Crushers. That's right. Um, in addition to that, so in the past, I've had a Midway USA Foundation on the podcast talk about what they do for you shooting sports. Yep. She is now an ambassador for Midway USA Foundation uh, to help spread the word about what they're doing for you shooting sports. I mean, it. The list goes on and on about Michaela, you know, and we we all know that we're all huge fans of her. But, um, you know, the guys listen. If you can follow her on on social media or find out about her or meet her, you'll you'll be blessed. Yeah, when you walk away from that meeting, to- totally agree. I'm. I don't know how much time we have. Uh, uh, okay, we up in the morning, she's she's jumping into another venture. Yeah, let's talk about this. In right here in West Virginia, we're going to talk about two things. Took it upon herself. There's organizations all over the country, and you know this, where it's basically an organization that exists to encourage, help, promote getting recruiting hunters, but mainly bringing young people into hunting and shooting. Michaela Scott is going to do that in West Virginia. Okay. I have total faith. Once she decided that, she's going to make that happen. She looked around and saw West Virginia doesn't have one. And she's like, what? We need one here. Okay. And she's right. I was on the phone. This is her project. I was on the phone with her and the, yesterday morning with with Michaela and the director of the Division of Natural Resources in West Virginia, Stephen McDaniel, who's a great director, in my opinion. I served under a bunch of them, and he has accomplished so much since he's been there. And he, this is all in the preliminary stages, you know, maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, but he more or less uh, told her he's going to do whatever he can for Department of Natural Resources to help her, which is going to be a great uh, partnership. Mm-hmm. She's going to do things to help DNR and and vice versa for, um, you know, it's going to work the other way around as well. Yeah. So you need to be looking for that. This other project we got in the works, I can let Ronnie start telling you about yeah. that. Larry Case and Michaela <laughs> seem to think that my squirrel dogs are a pretty good Thing to be around. I would agree with that, Ronnie. <laughs> through that, and now Daniel agrees. So we have kind of got together, and in order to try to get more children, kids, youth 
from age 10 to 17 or so involved in hunting and outdoor sports, shooting sports. Mm -hmm. And their parent or guardian, we're going to call them a partner. Yep. Uh, What we're proposing to do is to uh, get a nationwide essay writing contest for kids of this age. And if they're doesn't feel comfortable writing, they'll be able to do us a video and tell them what it would mean to come to West Virginia and be able to take a shooting lesson with Michaela Scott and be able to shoot some rounds of clays on her skeet and trap range, world-class Trapping skeet yep. range. They don't have to bring their guns. They don't have to bring this. We've got the ammo. We've got the whole deal. They just get to come and do it. Yep. And then we're thinking that we've got the meals for them that evening. And we've got lodging for them. Yep. We're thinking one male and one female with their partner. And then when you got up on Saturday morning, you'd get to go squirrel dogging with what these guys are calling world-class squirrel dogs. Yep. Now they're my dogs. And I'd take you out. And you'd get to experience what Daniel Holder got to experience today. And on top of that, we working with some very good gun manufacturers through that. And would be these kids would be winning the world-class shooting with Michaela Scott, getting to grow out with what they're saying, world-class squirrel dogs. Plus, they'd each get a very nice firearm arm to take home with them. Through that, through this essay contest that we're in the early stages of planning to make happen now, but we're each of us through Larry Case, Michaela Scott, and myself are all in on this deal and pushing hard to make it happen. You know, Ronnie, when you guys, when I heard about this, I remember it was a couple weeks ago, I think Michaela approached me about it. Um, it it's cool, man. It's cool. And, and I'm really excited to, to see where this is going to go. And you know, I would implore anybody out there listening to this, um, keep an eye out, you know, keep watching. And, and on my page, I'll, I'll promote it when, when, when this goes live. And, you know, if you know youth in your area, you know, if you have a nephew or a niece or a neighbor kid that you want to take hunting, this would be a really cool opportunity uh, to do that, to come hunt over. And I, I, I'll say it for you, Ryan, the dogs you hunt, we hunt over today are world-class. And I think Larry can agree with that. Um, fantastic opportunity. And also to get a lesson from Michaela Scott and, for those who don't know, Michaela Scott is a world record holder, Guinness world record holder. She's sponsored by CZUSA shooting, and she's 17 and, and, and hands down one of the best shooters I've ever seen. She has natural talent, and she works at it. Getting to shoot with her, getting to coach by her, it's a really cool experience. And like I said, it's not just the shooting. She's an awesome person to hang out, hang out around. Well, I was going to say that. A lot of you may think that Michaela Scott, now being known – you know, world record holder and being such a strong force in the shooting world and the shotgun world and being ambassador for CZUSA and ambassador for MEC, this and that, that maybe she's uppity and she's, you know, somebody that you can't talk to and she's above whatever, this and that. I'll promise you one thing, whether you've never held a shotgun in your hand or whether you've shot 10,000 rounds of sporting yeah. clays, I'll promise you that you can connect with Michaela Scott She's on your level, no matter how high or how low you are, and you'll feel comfortable around her. She'll make you laugh. She'll make you feel like you're one of us. Yep. I'll promise you that with Michaela Scott. Yep. 
Absolutely, Ronnie. Uh, I hate <laughs> she's a she's an amazing individual quality human being god god bless her and she's only 17 man she's gonna change the world yeah I, I if she decides to i have no doubt she can do it. you know she's gonna listen to this episode and blush <laughs> hey, she is, man. She's like, I'll get all embarrassed. She'll say, oh, gosh. Hey, she's oh, an old gosh. That's what she says. Well, hey, we got to get up early in the morning. Yeah, we do. Go chase some bears. And well, I'm a long do. way from home. I uh, said, so Ronnie, Ronnie was very gracious coming over. Not only did you run all, all over King Company today, came over, drove probably an hour from your house, right? Yeah. I had to come hang out, and it's late. Um, thank you. Thank you for today. You know, thank you for spending some time with me this evening, and thanks for letting me hunt over your dogs, man. It was a really, really good time. Yeah, like I said, my whole thing now, I work to support my squirrel hunting. Yep. I mean, yeah, I've got family commitments and this and that, yeah. but I'll make him whatever. But, you know, my main purpose on working is support my squirrel dogging. <laughs> and my main purpose on squirrel dogging now, and mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned here on out, is to get youth involved. And this deal that Michaela and I, myself and Larry Case is working on, yeah, I'm just so excited about that. And this squirrel dog, and I love getting people involved. And when Daniel Holder said he's going to come to West Virginia and could we do squirrel dogging, you know what? I'm used two days of PTO. Yeah. And I deliver propane. This is our busy season. I mean, this is when I'm working 12 hour days. This is when it's gone. And my boss is like, what? I'm like, uh, and I lied a little bit. I'm like, I got this big wig from Kansas oh, coming in, man. and he's going to do, oh, he's going to take God. some video, and he's going to do some podcasts. He's going to miss some, some squirrels. And, and, yeah. and this and that. And I'm like, this is a real important deal. I've got to get off work. And he's like, okay. okay. Oh, but anyway. Oh, you don't hear this podcast. I was going to say. <laughs> I used two days of PTO. <laughs> For the sole purpose of introducing Daniel Holder yeah. to Squirrel Dog. And that's how passionate I am about this Squirrel Dog and introducing new people to it. Uh, it was an incredible day. You know, like, again, thank you so much, Ronnie. And um, it was just good all the way around. And like I said, and you're passionate about it. You're passionate about this region of the country. You know, you wanted me to see the mountains, you know, the Appalachians here. And, um, you know, the hills, the hills we climbed over today were not mountains. So you want to make sure I knew that distinction. You got to see uh, the mountains, right? I got to see the mountains. You were correct. Those are a little bit. Lots steeper hills and longer and taller. Um, but no, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, I love today. Had a great day. Larry, thank you so much for carrying my coon out for me. Um, <laughs> backing me up multiple times on different things. I wouldn't do it um, for this thing by you. Driving me around. I mean, it was, I, I'm living pretty high in the hall right now, man. So, um, and let me, you know, you're, you're running up my tab here at the Turkey Track Lodge. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's getting up there. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to have to sneak out on Sunday. <laughs> hey, but. Rachel Holder, if you're that's, listening that's to my, this. That's my beautiful wife. He, uh, Yeah, that's his beautiful wife, and she's sitting at home with the kids. Yeah. And meanwhile, Daniel is at Turkey Creek Lodge, this great resort here in Monroe <laughs> County, oh. West Virginia, that's owned and operated by Larry Case. World-renowned. And, uh <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I mean, hey, the breakfast we had this morning prepared by Michaela Scott and Telford Scott was uh, second to none. Yep. And we've hunted all day and half the night. We <laughs> went to uh, the Aviator, a great little restaurant for lunch, and he ate like an absolute king. I, did. I don't know how much he eats at home, but he had enough food on his plate. He couldn't begin to finish this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to hate me. After that was the food right. that we've had. And 
Then we coon hunted, and when we got back to the truck, guess what? Michaela said, uh, Dad's got a pot of homemade chili oh, and homemade vegetable soup prepared for us. So we take Michaela home, and these guys feast again. So, Rachel... Holder, if you're listening, uh, there's no need to feel sorry for Daniel down here in the cold hunting. Believe me, he is absolutely living the life of a king down here, regardless of what he tells you. I do want to mention very briefly, um, my wife is amazing. And I've said this before, I, I, I am very blessed. And I do mean that. I, I get to travel and hunt quite a bit, and that, that is because um, of the sacrifice she makes. And so... I love you, Rachel. Thank you. You're amazing. Uh, other people think you're crazy because you put up with me. My, um, you met my wife today. I know. She, and she's, I mean, she, she is crazy for putting up with all my shenanigans. I mean, yeah. who knows what time I, that I'll get home in the morning. Yeah. I left before she got up this yeah. morning. And guess what? I'll be gone in the morning. Yeah. And guess what's going to happen Saturday? Gone again. I'm going hunting again. Yeah. And do I have stuff at the house? Yeah, I've got a to-do list to do. Uh, she's told me to do it. She don't need to remind me every six months. I know it needs to be done. <laughs> I'll get it done. But God love her. I mean, she is an absolute saint to put up with my shenanigans and, and all the time that I spend out doing this and the money that I spend yeah. on it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the time I spend on dogs. I built that dog kennel she at the house last year. And, and I'm sure when I said I was going to put up a dog kennel, she's thinking, all right, two or three hundred dollars, three thousand dollars later, I've got a yeah. kennel up. And you know what? It was, I mean, it's, it's like she, expected it it wasn't no big deal yeah 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 no I, like i said i'm very blessed and uh i, I couldn't do it without my wife thank you rachel <laughs> larry you got any nice words for your and, everything y'all said times 10 yeah oh helen man. louise has put up with me for 35 years nobody on earth knows why okay <laughs> that woman there are more stars in her crown Mm -hmm. Then the crown can hold. Okay. And I'm over here working like a dog at the oh. Turkey Track Lodge, <laughs> you know, putting up with you all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, God bless. Guys, we couldn't do it without them. Absolutely. Yep. Our wives, the people in our life, they make all this possible yep. for us to do what we have a passion for. And if Larry mm -hmm. helps anybody and Daniel does and I get to help anybody, it's. Could not happen if we didn't have the support that we have Absolutely. at home. Absolutely. You're right. You know, right. Um, I'd love to end on, you know, many, it's a joke really when people say it, but it's the truth that behind many successful men, mm -hmm. there's a woman pushing them. And um, like I said, I wouldn't be where I'm at without my wife and n none of us would be. So I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you, ladies. And uh, we'll bring some, I'll bring some squirrel home for you, Rachel. So you'll be happy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that episode as much as uh, Ronnie, me, and Larry did at recording it. It was late at night and um, after a long day of hunting, but um, it was a good time. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends. And um, it, what that does just helps me reach more people and kind of get some more reach would really help me out. Make sure you go, uh, if you're on iTunes, and rate our podcast. That would also help us kind of go up in the rankings and more and more people can listen to it. Because if you're listening to it, I know you enjoy it. Also, if you wouldn't mind going on Facebook, Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. On Instagram, Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. And on all the other social medias, we're Hunt Fish Eat Podcast. So go check that out. 
You can find our website at hunt-fish-eat.com. Also, um, if you're interested in getting to join me on some of these adventures and supporting the show, check out Patreon. That's patreon.com slash huntfisheat. You can jump on at multiple levels and you get to do cool stuff like hunt with me, possibly, or have dinner with me, wild game dinner, host wild game dinner, all, all sorts of cool stuff. Make sure you go check out patreon.com slash huntfisheat. Make sure you go check out my sponsors, Walton's Inc., waltonsinc.com, and check out Clay Shooting Apparel. We will talk to you later.